0: What's going on, Mixmaster? To be here for the MMB Radio podcast from the MMB Radio Studios, where no topic is too big or too small, we talk about them all. And my guest today is not a stranger to the podcast. We've had him on numerous times before to talk about his films he's produced, such as I Am Santa Claus and Ghost Heads. And now he's the executive producer of a new docu series premiering on Peacock October twelfth, titled "I Love You, You Hate Me." Let's please welcome in right now, Tommy Avalone. Tommy, what's going on?
1: Hey, man,
0: how are you? I also am the director. <laughs> it, it, yeah, this guy's got all kinds of titles, and uh, it, it's great. Like I said, we've had you on the podcast before, and every time you do a film or a documentary or anything, it's like it always gets my mind like interested in it. I'm like, I need to find out what this is all about. And when I started seeing you teasing about the I love you, you hate me, I was like... Totally into it. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get him on. We gotta talk about this. So it's gonna be premiering October twelfth on Peacock. And before we get into the details yes. of like how you connected with Peacock, because that's you know kudos right there to do that. Um, kinda let Thanks. everybody know what this whole synopsis of this is.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I'll just, I'll just kind of go back a little further. Like, so you know, I was just on Instagram one day and I saw this like n- one of these like nostalgia sort of posts. Someone posted this uh, news broadcast from 1993 uh, about a the University of Nebraska, a Barney bashing event, where all these college kids got together and were beating up Barney. And it's like, this video this is crazy. If you Google it, just Barney bashing. And uh, at the end, the newscaster goes, well, that's the future of our country right there. You know, and I was like, oh, well, that'd be interesting. I wonder if you could do a story about, like, love and hate, uh, but told through the eyes of Barney the dinosaur because it's like, you know, this is a nineteen ninety three newscast and we're here thirty years later, twenty, you know, uh, twenty nine years later, and there's a whole uprise of, you know, hate online and just people the way they talk to each other and all that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, that would be interesting if we did it through Barney. And I was like I think we're the same age. I was like ten years old when Barney came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I wasn't connected to Barney, but like, you know, I mean, we all had Barney's like I was reeling the Cookie Monster or Scrooge McDuck. So it's just like the idea of that that role that character plays in our lives was uh, is super important, you know?
0: Yeah, and I got to watch uh, the, the screener. And again, October 12th, everybody can go ahead and watch it on Peacock. And I got to watch it. And a lot of what you were just saying there was like, it was mind-blowing for me because I feel like the, we were entering a time where the internet was starting to become a rise. He said, "I was about 10, 11 years old when Barney, you know, was you know in his heyday, and uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't like uh, really connected to him as like some of the other children that are talked about in the uh, docu series. Well, to, to be a Barney fan,
1: you really have to be like zero to three, yeah. You know, and that's not any slight they, they found a market and they did really, really well inside that market."
0: Yeah, and it was like, I can remember, you know, all the hype and my little cousins loving him. And uh, we talked off air and I said, I can remember us even having like a Barney concert in our town. That was like a fundraiser. And these kids are going insane for Barney. <laughs> and again, I was like, you know, just getting out of elementary into middle school years. And uh, it's even touched in the documentary about some of these middle schoolers who were uh, – you know these these people that were starting to be some of the the, the hate breeders for <laughs> this anti Barney movement and i was like i can totally relate to all that although i was like one of these guys that was on the sidelines where i didn't hate you know i didn't i didn't i didn't feel either way like i didn't hate Barney i wasn't like obsessed because obviously was not in that age range but i totally remember a lot of these things going on a lot of the rumors going on so when you you sat down and decided this is what i want to do um, what was some of the uh, the background and research that you had to do for this? Like, how many hours of Barney did you have to watch to like get into this? I really
1: didn't watch too much of Barney. Thankfully, thankfully, I mean, in, in, and I say that not in a, like joke, like a, in a way that I'm making fun of Barney. It was just like you know, um, you know, I still haven't watched certain Bill Murray movies, and I made the Bill Murray stories. You know, like, mm-hmm. thankfully, it wasn't all about that sort of stuff. You know, like. We, you know, at first, you know, we found some of the, the voice, because, like, there was never, like, a, like yeah it was Elmo, right, or, like, Big Bird. It's just the person who's controlling the character is also the voice. With Barney, there's a voice, and then there's a body, you know? Yeah. Um, so we would, like, reach out to uh, different voices, different bodies, different people, and then we just kind of, like, went through the line of just, like, Finding out what the Barney story was, even though we knew we had this thought of like you know like the the love the love hugs in American rage, you know like what is like what is that you know like take you know we always try to make these like sort of Trojan horse movies like you yeah. know in my documentary, I am Santa Claus, it's like, oh yeah, you know, people who dress like Santa isn't that fun, but you know you're learning about identity and community, the Bill Murray stories. Similar, it's like oh, Bill Murray crashes parties, isn't that cool? But you are learning about like living in the moment, being present, you know. And with Barney, it's like yeah, big purple dinosaur. I love you, you love me. But let's understand, like, why did we, as a culture, attack this character that just wanted to teach us how to love, you know?
0: Yeah, and I mentioned it. It, it started at a time where the internet became, you know, this new totally. new way of communication. And after watching this, I said to myself, you know, it's like, was Barney just in the wrong place at the wrong time? Like, was is he just a, you know, a scapegoat for, unfortunately, what our society's become, where it's like we have an obsession with, you know, guns and violence and hate. And, you know, everybody has access now online. And there's so many, like, uh, you know, I call them, you know, these computer warriors where they can talk all this mess on the other side of a screen um do you think that it was just barney was just uh, like i said a victim of just being at the wrong place at the wrong time
1: well i mean like he was in the right place at the right time as far as being successful you know Mm -hmm. um as far as like the hate goes i mean i i don't know i mean like because like hate and like everything you just said has always been there right but it was the first time the internet was there to like have people say these things like outside of like saying them in closed doors or, you know, I think it's like, wasn't there a thing back in the day at some bars, you just couldn't talk about politics. You couldn't talk about like religion, you know, it's like those things that you're supposed to kind of like, keep to yourself, yeah. you know, and, you know, unless you people are in, openly wanting to engage in those sort of conversations, you know? Um But with like, with Barney stuff, it was just, like, I don't know. It's like, it was early internet. People weren't quite sure what to do with it yet. You know, the first time the word jihad has ever been used on the internet, was the Jihad Destroy Barney website, you know, um, we, we asked, I, I don't know, it's, it's tough because like, you know, there's, if you look hard enough, there's like, I hate blippy or I hate Caillou sort of uh, websites on Facebook now, you know, mm-hmm. so I think the thing is like some of that, those sort of things are more fractured off now, whereas like, you know, Barney was just like, it just took the grunt of it because it was so popular and. And it was before, like, you know, when Barney came out, it was just Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, really. Like, Nick Jr. was just starting. You know, there was no – I mean, Disney Channel was a thing, but you had to pay for it. So it wasn't, like, uh, like, you know, just like a normal channel, you know? So it was very – yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I may ask. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's it's intriguing because, again, you mentioned – Mr. Rogers and Sesame street. And I don't know if it was because they've been around so long, you know, they obviously were around a lot longer than Barney and maybe it was just because of the, you know, the craze of Barney, you know, he had like that, that, that instant success where he was just this phenomenon. Then yeah, that he was like an easy target, but, um,
1: right. Well, like, I mean, like, you know, anytime success, there's going to be people who hate it, yes. especially in the nineties, You know, the nineties definitely came in a time where it was like, damn the man, save the empire, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and, but the thing about Sesame Street is it, it was, a, it was, um had something for children and had something for adults. Whereas Barney was just like, we are just for the under three audience. Yeah. You know? Uh, so once you're excluded from that, you know, there, there's something inside some of these parents' brains that was like, well, if there's nothing for me, like I need to hate this sort of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're excluded to you know just a uh, you know a category of people from zero to three, um, I can I can see where people could be jealous. (laughs) You know, I went in on the three year old fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's not like it's not anything that they're like saying out loud, you know, but like once programming stops being made for you because you've aged out, you're growing old, you're getting older, closer to death. You know, there there are these like different like subliminal sort of things where it's like. You know, oh, it's not as good as my day. Big Bird and lots of stuff. There's all these like reasons why it makes you feel uncomfortable. So it's like it's like you know, in certain, some of the haters that we've spoken to, uh, you know, it's 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 a little obvious where their hate comes from. You know, and like if you're you watch Rob, who created the I hate secret, I hate Barney Secret Society. Mm-hmm. You know, episode one, he talks about creating this sort of thing, but in episode two you really kind of get into some of his issues that he was having and how Barney was just hitting all those sort of targets and how Barney became this punching bag for him just for his own issues you know like bob west i believe it's in the movie talks about how like Barney was like a mirror to yourself it's like what is it about you yourself that you don't like Barney is there to show it to you you know
0: yeah and that was the and that was one of the things that i pulled away from watching it was uh even the cast members you know some of the children that uh were on there they grew up and went out into the real world and it's just like for the longest time everything was you know happy go lucky on barney where everything was perfect where there were no you know challenges there were no real life situations and then they get out into the real world and it's just like you know it's a total like you know cultural shock to them about what it, the real world is like so uh, it's very interesting that they they touch parts on that. But speaking of the characters that were on the show, how were you able to get so many of them together and to be so candid and open about this? Because this is something that – and they even mentioned it. This was a huge part of their lives. Like this was something that – it's not just a blip on the radar. This was a huge part of their, their upcoming and their livelihood.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had like a lot of conversations with some of them. I mean some people were just like, sure, yeah. You know, but other people um, were a little bit more reserved, you know. Thankfully, I have, like, a, you know, people would watch Santa Claus or the people they watch Bill Murray stories and see that I, I'm not, like, one of those sort of, like, gotcha journalists and out to have anything sort of, like, crazy for crazy sake, you know. Um, it was a scenario where there was a lot of conversations and a lot of people talking, just sort of earning people's trust, you know, and, I, and I'm so anxious for the 12th for it to come out for them to see because they haven't seen it yet, and I hope I hope they all like it, you know, and that's that's the hardest part, you know. Like I, I remember like certain Santas at first in like uh, the Santa Claus doc because we had a a gay Santa or and there's like a swinger Santa and stuff like that. But everyone learned to to like it after like enough of their friends were like, no, it's actually good.
0: Yeah, and one <laughs> of, and one of the crazy things about it too is that the the inclusion of David Joyner in it. And, you know, you yeah. you heard all the rumors. Again, I was at an age where it's like I heard all these rumors. It was the beginning of the Internet. So it was like I had no way to confirm the things I was hearing. It was all hearsay from other kids in school. And then the kids would tell their parents. And then the cool parents felt like, well, I got to just keep this rumor going around and everything. So. It was really cool when they're like, "Is this docu series going to include David Joyner?" <laughs> so, yeah. what was uh, what was that experience of like uh, interacting and talking with him because he's a, a polarizing uh, character.
1: Yeah, so so David Joyner, like the issue people have with him is that he's has a uh, like a, a tantric business, you know. Um, so what that entails is massaging, uh, and it could lead up to. Uh, sex, uh, so that's the the tough part, you know, Or it's like, uh, I mean, there's a Vice article that kind of didn't really give him a fair shake, you know? At the end of the day, like, I like David Joyner, you know? I think David uh, is really into uh, tantric. It's not, it's not like a tantric sort of stuff, but, like, you would think like, it's all about, like, everyone just having sex and all that stuff. It's it, it, the way he describes it in the White Lotus Tantra is way more into the uh, meditation, the breathing, the, the energy, you know, like healing ourselves with our own energy, uh, which, you know, when you say that sort of stuff, some people might think it's weird and all that sort of stuff, but when you sit in the room across from him and he's talking to you and stuff, you, just, it, you feel his uh, positivity talking about this thing he's super passionate about. But, you know, uh, but people, you know, when they hear that, they think, you know, sex and Barney, that's really weird, that's inappropriate and all that sort of stuff. There's certainly a lot of people that were nervous about David, but, you know, but David was great.
0: And then uh, you also have a couple other characters, that, again, obviously, that played characters on the show, and then you, you go into detail of what, you know, their lives were affected after the, uh, you know, being on the program. And then I want to talk about the the Leach family. So, like, how, obviously, you know, you, you spoke to a lot of the people that knew them, but, Obviously, do you were not able to contact uh, Cheryl about this like she was not willing to take part in any of this?
1: yeah, you know, Cheryl's actually a really beautiful like amazing person, you know, so i had I met up with her in Sleepy Hollow, like we like we just like met like in the middle, you know, so like we had this like beautiful like four hour lunch, uh we talked about Barney, we talked about our lives, we just talked about what I wanted to do, and all that sort of stuff, and she thought about it. But at the end of the day, she chose not to be a part of the movie. And there's a couple different reasons for that, and one of which is just she is very much a a very positive thinking person. She has no time or interest for anything negative. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, it's, it's up, I guess, up to the person. But, like, you know, she, even during her time at Barney, never addressed, or really did anything about any of the hate that Barney got, you know? Uh, So there was never going to be a documentary where she didn't have control over, uh, where she was going to openly talk about any sort of downside or anger or hate that came towards uh, her character. I mean, uh, uh, Barney was like a second son to her. You know, she had her son Patrick, but, but Barney was like her second son, so... Anytime anyone bashed Barney or beat up Barney, she took it very personally. Like, you're beating up her son. You're beating up this family member. So, um, you know, she wished me the best of luck. Uh, but, yeah, but she didn't want to be in the movie.
0: And it should be noted that uh, we spoke a little bit off air, and you are talking about people saying that, you know, it's the dark side of Barney. And there was really no dark side of Barney. You know, Barney was the positive figure in this. And the the whole docuseries, you know, not to give any spoilers or anything, it's not to, to, you know, bash Barney or say, you know, he was a a bad influence on people. It was just to kind of, I believe, just a way to kind of answer a lot of these questions and a lot of the things that, you know, were, you know, uh, urban legends, you know, of the show, of different things that happened and nobody really knowing. Because it's very easy, especially nowadays, to just tweet something out and it, you know, it's wildfire. People just add to it. So I, I believe it was a way to kind of like answer a lot of the questions and put to rest a lot of the, uh, you know, the false narratives that people were giving about the program. Um, what is your take on that?
1: Well, it's just funny. Like you know, like I heard like the Barney had drugs in his tail, or Barney like killed himself in the suit and all that sort of stuff. But it's like you hear all these rumors, and even like we talked to Bill, Nye, the science guy, and Steve from Blue's Clues even about their own rumors, like more so like Steve and Blue's Clues. There was like rumors like, Oh, Steve's not on Blue's Clues anymore because he died of a heroin overdose. Yeah. You know, and like he had to go on, he had to go on like Rosie O'Donnell's show and be like, I'm alive. <laughs> you know, there, and we, we address this in in the movie, but is this like, a, you know, why is it that we feel the need to take down something that's positive? You know, what does that say about ourselves? You know, but like some of this stuff, it's like, I can actually kind of see where it came from. Like, there's actually like news reports about uh, people who smuggled drugs inside Barney dolls, you know. So it's like very easy for it to be like, oh, well they smuggled drugs in these Barney dolls. Uh, Barney does drugs and hides in his tail, you know. It's like, it's like whispered down the lane, and it gets to that part, you know. So it's it's interesting where like some things you can think you like, oh, that makes sense. That seems like that's where that came from. Another other things, you're like, no, that's not true at all.
0: <laughs> so talk to me about the connection with Peacock, because you've done a lot of these things where you've done, you know, Kickstarter events and you've, you know, funded your own projects and everything. But this is this is the first time you've had something, uh, you know, on Peacock. So how did that connection come about and what's the feelings that you had, you know, knowing that you are going to have something that is now easily access accessible to people? Outside of, you know, like back in the day where it was something that was streamed on, you know, on a a website or on a DVD, now that people have Peacock.
1: Yeah, I mean, like my Santa Claus movie and Bill Murray were both on Netflix, you know, but they were like independently made and sold to Netflix for like, you know, a three-year license, a two-year license and all that sort of stuff. So there was always that gamble of like, will this pay off? Will this be seen? Blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, but it was like right around Bill Murray's stories where we played we were playing South by Southwest in like twenty six no twenty eighteen. Uh we just definitely saw like a change in the market where like, you know, uh, Netflix and Hulu a couple months prior at Sundance were like, Hey, we're not bu- we're not acquiring movies like we used to. Uh we're, you know, making things ourselves and that's twenty eighteen. So there's definitely a change in the way independent movies were being bought, you know, especially my class uh right there was like definitely felt that change you know i've always wanted to like work inside the system i mean i've been trying to pitch tv shows or pitch different things for quite some time it just happened to work you know it was it was there were not an, it was a buzzy enough idea with a, a, a you know big enough sort of con uh name and we built enough access to that sort of thing where we could probably tell a story and a streamer like Peacock believed in it. You know. Also, uh, I was working with Scout Productions. Scout Productions do, does Queer Eye. They do Legendary. They do Equal. Uh, what's one of the other shows? Uh, the Hype. You know, they just do a lot of stuff. I mean, they. I think if you go in their office, I think they give like Emmys out as goody bags. They've won
0: so many Emmys. You know, <laughs> uh, you, get an Emmy. so... you get an Emmy you get an Emmy.
1: Yeah, for real. But like, uh, you know, we just. It was the right team to be doing this sort of thing with. I, I had tried to work with them on a project we had, um, and it just it didn't work. And I and they were the first ones I called when I had this idea. I was like, well, "What do you think of this?" And it was just, it just worked, you know. So I, was, I don't want to use the word lucky, but like you know, you try these things long enough, something's bound to work out, you know.
0: Totally, and the cool thing about it is it's a topic that again, a lot of people, I think, our age. Uh, Just gravitated to instantly. You know, I was uh, showing the trailer to a lot of different people. And the instant reaction I got from people was like, I need to see this. Like, I want (laughs) to see this. Like, like I, you know, a guy that I know, he was just like, dude, he goes like, he's a little bit younger than me. I'd say probably about maybe about 10 years younger than me. And he was like, dude, I was friggin' obsessed with Barney. Like he goes, my kids, (laughs) like I put my kids on the Barney and they have the dolls. And, you know, they, I got the old school videotapes and he's talking about, going online and finding, you know, the old original tapes like on eBay and and crazy stuff. Uh, (laughs) What is it that you want people to take away from watching this docu-series? Like, what is it your hopes that people, after watching this, are going to say? Well, I mean, like, you know,
1: I showed it to a couple friends, and they've said a couple things where it's like,
0: oh, you know, it really made
1: me rethink about the things I hate. And I'm talking, like, simple hate stuff. Like, you mm-hmm. know, just, like, commenting or online or just all that stuff. Just their behaviors, you know? And I think, ultimately, that would be the greatest thing. If, like, people could look at this and go, you know what? Maybe maybe hating is kind of silly, you know? Like, you know, because, you know, what is it? Hate, you know, you dehumanize people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we did a really good job of humanizing this fictional character of Barney. You know, because it's not just this purple dinosaur you think was just magically made up and put up on your television but it's these two two school teacher moms from Dallas, Texas or like you know um, the Dallas area Uh, and they're human beings you know and that's a lot of people put work into it and and it worked for the audience it worked I mean you're a wrestling fan you know we uh, John Cena is the real life Barney
0: you know (laughs) he really Uh, is
1: you know, and it's and we actually tried to get him; it didn't work out. But it was like you know, for the audience he's made for, I love him, but yeah. everyone else, you know, John Cena sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's 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 that sort of thing. It's I it just it's just like we all do it. We've all hated stuff for silly reasons, and some people have went as far as like t- taking that hate to real awful spots. You know, and I think, I think this documentary, you you watch it. You can kind of like rethink, like, "Well, why
0: did I do that? Why would I have done that?" You know. I, uh, so I think I can say I, I after m- my viewing of it, I felt a lot of like I, I said to you, I was like, "Man, I want to like wear like I want to I got to find a Barney shirt
1: like I want to wear." You know what I mean? Because
0: I feel like I feel like we're at a time now in history and our and our society is where it's we're so like two ends of the spectrum here. You know what I mean? Like there's there's not many people that are in the middle. You know, you have these people that are just full of rage and hate for whatever reasons, and then I feel like you got the people that are on the other side that are like, you know, like, no, we need to love each other. We need to do more caring things for each other. I lean to that side, and I think after watching this, I I really feel like there's going to be an influx of more Barney fans, you know, because there's going to be people that I feel that are going to, you know, want to jump on that Barney bandwagon that are going to say, hey, you know, like, I... I know I side with the you know maybe not so much the you know you know I love you we're a happy family everything's you know you know roses but you know that we can make a positive impact in this society and you know not to get all you know deep in everything kind
1: you know being kind and nice to people, it doesn't
0: take a lot of effort I feel like it takes so much more effort to be hateful you know than it is to you know just be kind to people. You know, like, just then smile. Then, say good morning.
1: Like, yeah, and then, like, and then when you start seeing other people doing that sort of behavior, you can kind of, like, look and see, like, oh, I get it. It's they're doing it because of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's it's like, well, what do what what your actions say about yourself? You know what I mean? Like, dude, like, I was, you know, I guess maybe, like, second grade. No, I had been older. Uh, but, like, whenever New Kids on the Block came out, I remember – hating new kids on the block like i was like i don't get this i don't understand why everyone likes this and you just felt like an outsider you're like you just don't i mean not that you need to like everything that other people like cause that's not the case either you know but i remember like taking like my proton pack and putting like new kids in the blockbusters out of it on it you know and like trying to be like it was just like that to be like anti that you know and it's like what why was they doing that like why would i have done that he's like oh it's because you know you just didn't you didn't get it you didn't uh, you didn't quite understand it you know and all that sort of stuff and I've since gone to like uh, Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block concerts yeah uh, you know but like
0: that's the next like, docu series
1: you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know you get it you go oh well you know that I was doing that but you know it's like there's like a reason why like I sometimes dislike people with like that are in shape and have good hairlines <laughs> you're like oh well because I don't I don't have that and that's why you know it's like it's so easy to see where, like, people's, like, hate comes from sometimes, you know? So – and once you see where it's coming from, you can kind of almost fix that behavior, you know?
0: And it, and it really stinks that people get to are, – are driven to a point where they have to feel the need to act on that that hatred, you know? Like, like you say you could be, you know, hateful of somebody because they got a good hairline or, you know, they're in shape – But I'm not, like, beating the shit out of you at the gym, you know what I mean? Or, like, stealing your axe products. Yeah, but
1: I'm, like, giving you a stink eye from, like, 20 (laughs) feet away, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: There's other ways to control this anger. So, I I mean, if it were my docuseries, that's what I would hopefully want people to take away from it, is that, you know, like, there – it's just we have one life here, man. Like, it really is. It sounds so cliche, but we really have one life here. And there's so many other ways that we can utilize – uh, our impactfulness on society and people than, uh, you know, putting bullets through Barney dolls, you know? And I yeah, actually yeah. giggled a little bit when I saw that because I was like, okay, the Barney doll, like, he didn't even really move.
1: <laughs> he's just <laughs> I, still
0: I, sitting I, there with a the smile why. on his face. It's like, I don't know. If that were me, maybe that would probably anger me even more that he's still smiling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you, you watch that video on YouTube and you're like, why? That's so dangerous. Like, yeah, why would someone... Like, I don't I don't touch guns, man. Like, they scare the hell out of me, you know? But, like, uh, like you're shooting this, like, so someone had a gun and they shot, like, a, a Barney-stuffed animal. But it, it seems like there's so much error there. Like, there's so many things that could go wrong, you yeah. know?
0: And, it, like you said, there's really, like, a more deep uh, issue inside that person to want to be doing that, yeah. you know? Like, there's something, like, so much deeper than Barney and PBS and anything else that's going on. Like, they really... You know, not to tell people what they need to do, but maybe professional help would be something that you would need to seek. Uh, because uh, going out in the middle of your backyard and you know taking a shotgun or something to a Barney doll is probably uh, not the safest and ideal way to uh, control your your anger issues. But um, and and it's and it's great because we there's so much more in this docu series that I don't want to give away any spoilers, but there's so much other stuff. That is just mind-blowing to me that I didn't even know about. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody gets the chance to watch it on Peacock October 12th. Um, so anybody that is able to get on there and watch that, definitely send us feedback. Send Tommy feedback. Let us know what your thoughts on that are because it's a well-produced uh, program and series. And uh, I just, you know, I just... Yeah, there's nothing more I can say great about you. I'm like, I'm so, like,
1: yeah. happy
0: to say that, like, I know you. And that's not, you know, to, to hype yeah. you up or anything. But I'm like, I see the stuff you do, you know. And you know, we acted out. We did dumb shit in college. <laughs> yeah. God knows we did some stuff on the radio that, you know, we look back at now. And it's, uh, it's cool to see that you're doing so much great material and it, interesting and intriguing stuff for people to watch.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean... uh you know, Camden County Radio. I definitely got fired. <laughs> uh, Could we really I, get fired favorite... from there? <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, was it? I think it was Brett. I forget who was in charge, but like he was, he, he called. He's like, turn the song off. <laughs>
0: turn the light off. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then so that was that. But you know, like also like you know, you know, getting the you know being at wrestling events with you and always seeing that sort of stuff. So it's it's cool. Like you know, like I, I'm bummed. Like I'm going, to, I'm going to Comic Con uh, this Saturday. Steve from Blues Clues is doing a thing, so I'm meeting up with him. Uh, and I'm going to miss the Extreme Rules. So uh,
0: I will. I will. Li- you'll live through me as I'll be there but you'll have uh, you have to live through going? me. Get, yes, I'm definitely Yeah, you, you know I you know I have to be there in the building, you know. It's 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 a new regime there at uh, WWE. So it's uh, uh you know I got to see what this is all about and what this whole white rabbit thing is, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, God. I forgot about Dude, yeah. like I bought myself the Eagle belt, the WWF Eagle belt mm-hmm. for finishing Barney. So
0: there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, again, you can check it out. It's called "I Love You, You Hate Me." Um, it's not the dark side of Barney. It really is not, but it's a very interesting and intriguing look into the phenomenon that was Barney and the the after effects that it had on our culture. And uh, I encourage everybody to take a look at it and watch it. Uh, Tommy, we appreciate you talking to us. Like I said, it's always great talking to you, and uh, much success to you on all the next future projects. We'll have to have you on again you know, to talk about yeah. the next stuff that you got coming up.
1: Yeah, especially the, the House From, the Kickstarter we're doing right now, where it's all about uh, what it's like to live in a famous house from a movie or TV show, so com.
0: I did see that on Facebook and right away I was like, I was rubbing my palms together. I'm like, well, oh, I, I, I just got it. Now I got to watch this one, you know? So we need to, yeah, we need to start yeah, so getting we... these things out faster, man. You know, it's like we're in an instant uh, gratification society now. I need to watch these things like instantly.
1: <laughs> Doing two movies at once.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, just got to get what's what's another one on top of it? You know, it's like making a nice little six pack, you know? Well, we appreciate it again, Tommy, and uh, we hope to hear big things from you coming up real soon. Awesome, man! Thank you so much. No problem.
1: Hey there, my name is Tommy Avaloni. I have a blue check on Instagram, and I just directed "I Love You, You Hate Me" appearing on Peacock October twelfth. You're listening to Mixmaster B on MMB Radio. Would you look at that?